Blog Talk Radio. BDPAI Radio showcases IT entrepreneurs, technology experts, and computer science academics. We highlight people with a passion for educating our youth in science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. BDPAI Radio Show serves the BDPA members, sponsors, entrepreneurs, educational institutions, and the black community. BDPAI Radio, linking business, education, and technology. Well, welcome, everyone, to the BDPAI Radio Show. And tonight is Tuesday, July the 9th, 2013. Our three guests this evening are Ted Jordan, STEM Program Manager of Fun Mutation Tech Avenue. Our second guest is Janice Coleman, President of Janice Coleman Corporation. And our third guest is Pamela Sexton, Conference Director and VP of Strategy and Planning for National BDPA. Welcome, everyone, to the show, and I'd like to extend a very warm welcome to our first guest, Ted Jordan. Ted, how are you this evening? Thank you. Doing well, doing very well. We we have uh, running like a chicken with my head cut off. Because of all the camps we got going on, but um, but I'm feeling good. Good, good. Well, you know, Ted, it's really a privilege to have you on the show. I know, and maybe our guests don't know, but you are the visionary behind Fun Mutation Academy. And um, as I've read through the material, I understand that Fun Mutation stands for Fun and Education. So. Why don't you kind of bring us um, behind the scenes? How, how did you come up with this business idea, and um, how is it working for the children that you're serving this summer? Sure, sure. The, I, I came up with the idea years ago. I used to do computer repair. I uh, worked at General Motors and uh, Sun Microsystems, and I finally wanted to go on my own. And my vision then was to create a computer company that uh, would, act, would, would actually have been bought out similar to what they've done at Best Buy when they bought out the, I think the company's called Geek Squad. That's the kind of model I was trying to set up. That didn't work out totally, but I had a parent ask me during one of my presentations if I knew how to teach kids how to make computer games. And I said, I don't know. Maybe I can. I'll give it a try. So it was really customer-driven. Someone asked if I could do it. I put together a program in Beachwood, Ohio, and uh, the uh, with, with, with the Community Recreation Department, and they thought the program would fail because it was expensive. It was $240 for six weeks of training, 12 hours. And I, but you know, before when I, every business I get into, I want to do a pilot program to see how it's going to work before I scale it up. And we ended up getting 20 students that sold out. It was unbelievable. And we've been kind of going and growing ever since. So there's a strong, the kids want to learn how to make a game. They're, They're not looking to the future, but the parents see the future. The parents see here's an opportunity for them to work for companies that don't even exist today. You know, when I started this 10 years ago, Facebook barely existed. Google was kind of just getting, you know, kind of going. Um, and the parents see the big picture, that here's an opportunity for them to learn something where they got a shot at, uh, having, of having a good livelihood. Wow, that's a great combination. So you've got parents and children interested. Um, as you kind of look at what you're doing, what are the kinds of testimonials that children are saying to you directly um, and and or indirectly that let you know that, you know, they find this fun and they find this engaging um, and it helps keep the parents coming back? Sure. You know, at the end of every camp, we want to make sure the program's working out for everyone. And so we have a, we do surveys just to see what, what their opinions are. And the surveys come back, you know, with everything from, you know, I really love the instructor, 
he really um, made this fun. Uh, we, you know, we get the simple ones. I got a chance to make a game, but one of the ones that really hit me was leaving camp, and the dad pulled me over, and he said, "You know, um, uh, my son, he like really enjoyed this camp." And uh, what he said to me was that finally, around I'm around kids like me, and that really struck me that I didn't realize. I kind of came into this as a way to, you know, pass on technology to kids so they could learn, you know, computers in a fun way. But I didn't know that uh, that I'm kind of creating a social network also of of a community of kids that really love doing some technical things and not uh, and get involved in technology. And there aren't really a lot of places for that. You know, if I if someone wants to play tennis, that's easy to find, or basketball. There are plenty of camps there. But there's not a lot going on with tech, and that's that's uh, I didn't realize what I was doing, and, and that's really opened my eyes. So opening your eyes and opening the eyes of children, I um, we're later going to run one of the advertisements for your business, and in that advertisement, it talks about the team approach that you use in putting together your camp. Would you share with the with the audience what that is and sort of how that came of uh came into being? Sure, sure. The teams we've trademarked fun mutation teams and teams is most people know about STEM, science, technology, engineering and math. And what we are fundamentally is a STEM camp, a STEM-based camp. But we pulled from that. We also wanted to add the arts uh, for a couple reasons. Number one, we have a hard time attracting girls to our camps. And that arts uh, approach helps us get more girls. Like we have a, a digital a digital animation class that we offer using a product called Alice. We have digital video and digital audio that helps us attract some girls. And so we want to add arts into STEM, and that's what got us teams, technology, technology, engineering, arts, math, and science. And also, we have the kids work in teams. One of the, one of the, one of the things we ask the kids at the beginning of camp, especially if it's a video game design camp, we'll say, if you, when you see a video game, and we talk about how long it takes to make one. You know, you're going to just be in this camp for maybe 15 or 30 hours a week. So, you know, a good video game takes how long? They'll say, you know, three years, four years. The other, I, the other thing I ask them is, okay, now when you look at the credits, is it just one person that made that video game or is it about 50 people? And they all realize, you know, those credits take a long time to get through. And they, they know it's like 25, 30, 40, 50 people that – that made those games. And the point is people have to collaborate. They've got to work together. They've got to be a part of a team to to make this game. So we incorporate that into our camps. When they sit for a game design camp, we use two children per computer. And the, and some parents, that, that, that kind of surprised them at first because all of our competitors, one computer per child. And we're, we're, we're adamant not to do that. Uh, because the kids have so much fun. They get to talking. They get to working together. They're, one is looking at the book, telling the other one what to do, and uh, they, we switch them off at the keyboard every now and then. But it really builds a collaboration. It builds fun, the, the interaction, uh, and, and builds friendships. The, that's really what Teams is all about. Most people learn by three different methods, by touch, by sound, and by visual. And if when you're working alone, you get that visual and that touch, but you don't get that sound. You don't get that discussion going on back and forth. And uh, so all of our products, if they're doing a robotics camp, they're usually working in teams of four. If they're doing a digital video or animation, teams of four, game design, teams of two. And so that fun mutation teams philosophy is a big part of what we do. And in fact, you know, more and more parents are starting to see it. Every now and then, we get an odd number of kids in a class, and so <clears throat> we only have one child on the computer. 
and well, we might get an evaluation back from a parent. Hey, my child's working alone. Why isn't he working with a friend? You know, <laughs> and we'll say we're sorry. We just had an odd number. You know, so they're they're starting to get it too. That they they really want kids working together in teams, have that fun experience, get that interaction going on, and 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 they see it. So the so funny station teams, technology, engineering, arts, math, and science, but they also work as a team. That makes a lot of sense, and it it really links in with a lot of what BDPA is about in terms of helping people move from the classroom to the boardroom. And one of the things I wanted to do was take a few steps back and ask you how you got involved with BDPA and how you managed to stay involved given that you're traveling around the country you know, your camp is in multiple cities, um, and the summertime right now is a very busy time for you. But take us back to how did this, you first find out about BDPA? This is the busy time for me, but I joined the BTA, BDPA about 20 years ago. I was at um, working for Silicon Graphics, and I don't know if anyone remembers Silicon Graphics, but they were the computer company... That, were, that was involved with the movie called Terminator 2. Their computers were used to make the Mercury Man, the guy that could change shapes. And the guy came, uh, one of the guys who worked with me there, said, hey, you got to check out the BDPA. They're doing some cool things. And so I attended a meeting, and I was hooked. I uh, signed on for a five-year membership at the time, and... Got uh, got involved in some of the activities. The uh, I spoke for them a couple times. We, uh, you know, back then, I don't know if you guys remember this. You may you may or not remember having to get on the internet on a phone cord. Does that ring a bell? I do remember that. <laughs> <laughs> we don't want to go back to those days was, at all. Do <laughs> yeah, DBase 3 Plus and WordPerfect 3 Plus. Right. That's right. <laughs> we don't want to go back there at all. But uh, So I did a – but, um, boy, I was working in Silicon Graphics, and no one – the Internet was really new back then. Not a lot of people had seen it, and they were using it at my company, and – I talked to my boss and I asked him if I could use some of the materials for a demo for BDPA. He said, sure. And we hooked up the phone wire and we brought up, uh, you guys remember Netscape? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we brought up the Netscape browser. So for those that are listening in that are about 20 years old, there was this company called Netscape that was uh, was supposed to be the this big leader in 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 compute in web access, but they were overtaken by Internet Explorer in like less than five minutes. It seems like um, the the uh, that was one of the talks I did. Though I was able to introduce the internet to some folks that had never seen it. And they, you know, it really opened up our eyes back then, you know, because back then we didn't realize that it was so easy to access that data. And it opened their eyes to really what could be, you know, here's a place where you can really almost get every question answered. And I think that's really exciting. You know, you can have a library in your home. You don't need to, you know, everything was right there. So, um I remember listening to a talk show on the radio and uh, like this one, and the gentleman was just so excited. Just put this in and search on this. Back then, my favorite search engine was a company called InfoSeek. I don't even know if they're in business anymore, but I would just go to InfoSeek, put in what I wanted to learn something, what I wanted to learn about, and I might find 25 pages of information on on uh, on that topic. So that was one of the talks I did for the BDPA. I had done a work for Silicon Graphics in South Africa. And they wanted me to do a talk on South Africa as well on my trip, and so I did that one. And one of the uh, – BDPA is still doing the competitions, right, for kids? Absolutely. 
And that's one of the projects I had always wanted to do and never found the time. It, it, it was quite a commitment. But uh, I'm really proud of those guys. I'm proud of BDPA that that's something that they continue to do because, um, you know, similar to what I'm doing, it's making the world better. And and uh, I encourage anyone that if they have the time, they should get involved in, in the in the computer competition because it's really preparing the kids for those jobs that that are out there. It's just, you know, one of my instructors ended up getting a job at, Microsoft five years ago, and he posted on the his five-year award. Uh, he posted that on Facebook today, and I congratulated him. You know, but that's what's you know that's really what all this is all about: helping you know secure secure the futures uh, of children. You know, as they grow older. Older. Absolutely. Now you are in a place where you can help, as you mentioned earlier, parents secure a future for their children and children have uh, gained skills while having fun and building uh, a social network. What are some of the technology trends that you see coming down the pike, particularly since technology changes so quickly? I tell you, the I I really thought that software was done about 20 years ago, but I foresee software, software development, design that's going to just keep growing and growing and growing because they continue to make hardware that does great things. You know, for example, I don't. You, you might remember twenty. You know, uh, although you're probably 22 years old, so you may not remember. But 20 years ago, <laughs> yeah, I uh, uh, I remember at a computer trade trade fair getting a 20 megabyte hard drive for two hundred dollars, and I was just so excited. I what a deal. You can't even get 20 megabytes today. Now you can get 20 gigabytes for 20 bucks. Right. Uh, so computer engineering is still going to be there. They're, they're always looking for ways to improve, go, fa go faster, make it smaller, make it fit better. The Raspberry Pi, the small base Linux computer that's the size of a um, about four quarters laid side by side. Computer engineering is just going to always be a great opportunity. And then let me get back to software, though. The software development, the games, they look very realistic today. For And let's just talk about gaming. But this, this gaming translates into computer-aided design, computer-aided manufacturing. Uh, so if, if, let's say someone doesn't want to go into gaming. There are a plethora of opportunities out there. Oh, web website design is still strong, but if you you know, let's take a look at gaming, and the images look really good, but everyone knows they're not perfect yet. They're good enough to play, but they're not perfect. And every day, there are a team of folks trying to make it look better, make it work faster. One of the Uh, one of the um, weaknesses in most games has to do with rotation. As you rotate, if you're walking straight line, the refresh of each image as it's animated is much easier. But if you rotate too fast, you could end up getting ill uh, because of motion sickness. There, that's another huge problem they haven't really fixed yet. And they, they, they have it close to there. They trick the system by making the models look almost, almost perfect, but, but there's still a lot of room for improvement 
in in all these aspects. So the um I remember when I used to work at General Motors that I was doing I was writing basically video games for them. I was writing a driving simulator. And back then all the draftsmen were using paper and T squares to, to draw, to design cars, to design engines. And I remember when Silicon Graphics walked in the first day showing how they're going to do CAD CAM in the future on a computer, and the guys laughed at them. They laughed. The guys at General Motors said, this will never happen. Now go to today. You will not see a draft table in there. Those tables are gone. Everything's done. So uh, that was just the beginning, and the future is going to be more and more of the same, more and more of of trying to get simulations to be as realistic as possible. Well, Ted, you know, it's really so apropos that you're here tonight again during your very busy season to make that connection between education, opportunities, um, and how simulations, you know, eventually move into something truly, truly realistic. When you kind of reflect on how the industry has gone um, and you think about the feedback that, again, parents and children um, have given you, what's a thought that you'd like to leave our audience with, um, whether it's specific to BDPA or fund mutation, um, so that they can better take advantage of opportunities that are coming up in the future like the ones at our national conference um, that will happen in August of this year? What what I would say is definitely get involved at any level. Even if you're not in IT, you know, I had a manager that joined the BDPA. He, he knew nothing about computers. And he joined as a way to learn about it. And and also he said he wanted to put something on his wall that said IT so that people wouldn't think he didn't know what he was talking about. So that helped him with that as well. Um, but the BDPA, you know, let's say, for example, this radio show. I don't know of anyone else doing this. I don't know of any other organization that's taking the technologies out there and and turning it into something empowering. The that's that's really what the Black Data Processors is all about, and that's why I've been a member for as long as I have. I uh, um, and what and will and look forward to the day when I retire and, and plan to get back more involved in, in the future. But you know, the BDPA helped me get started with my company by loaning me some computers for that pilot program. I was really happy about that. And I'll always remember that. And they, the Black Data Processors also um, uh, helped, helped me with the camps and helped me find authors and people to, to work here. And the, I attended a national conference several years ago where I networked with several several gentlemen to look at opportunities in the school system. Just So I would say whether a person's involved in IT or not, I know a lot of people are afraid to join the BDPA because they think they have to be technical to be a part of it. And the BDPA covers so many issues, not only technical issues, but how they deal with the world sociologically that we need we need your input. We need your input if you're not a technical person. Please come take a look. Come to a meeting. They yes, you get a lot of geeks like myself that say three letter words like CAD, CAM, 
BRB, and so on. But um, but there's a social aspect there uh, that's actually written into the covenants of the BDPA, and and really makes it possible, opens the door for really a lot for a lot of opportunity there for people to get involved. So. That's what I would well, say. Ken, I, I, I agree, and I really want to thank you um, for being on the show this evening. I want to thank you for being a sponsor of BDPA iRadio, and I want to thank you for the work that you continue to do in multiple cities to help our young people get exposed um, to social skills, fun skills and technology skills and using your team method of technology, education, arts, math, and science. So thanks again for being a guest on the show tonight and have a great evening. Thank you. My pleasure and thanks for having me. I really appreciate it so much. And you guys keep keep up the hard work and looking forward to seeing you in Washington, D.C. this August. Excellent. Thank you, Ted. And what we're going to do now, thank you. And what we're going to do now is, uh, Emeraldo, I'm going to have you take us right into a commercial about fun mutation. What do Steve Jobs, Bill Gates, and Mark Zuckerberg have in common? They all learned computer coding before high school. Fun mutation has taught more than 1,000 kids to code through their summer tech camps. Funutation uses their trademark team's approach so that kids can experience technology, engineering, arts, math, and sciences in a fun and non-threatening way. Tech camps run only during the summer, so register now at www.funutation.com or call 216-378-9035. Sorry, to keep the camp fun, no adults allowed. Fun Mutation Academy, LLC, making the world computer smarter. Well, and thank you. So, Ted Jordan, STEM Program Manager for Fun Mutation Tech Academy, was our first guest. And if you'd like more information, you can go to www.funmutation.com. Up next is our second guest, Janice Coleman. Janice is president and CEO of Janice Coleman Corporation, and she is a master of communication. In fact, her action-provoking presentations are sought out and tremendously well-received by all audiences. She is going to be one of the presenters at this year's national conference, which is being held in Washington, D.C. Janice, welcome to the show. How are you this evening? Fran, I'm doing great. How are you? Just fine, thanks. And um, Janice, I wanted to start out, I know a number of people are very, very excited that you're going to be a presenter um, at the conference this year. I know that you regularly coordinate major conferences yourself. Um, you've been the host of the Greater Philadelphia Chick-fil-A LeaderCast, and earlier this year, in conjunction with Iris Designs Incorporated, you produced one of George Fraser's success nets. So thanks for lending your talents to um, BDPA. Um, oh, you're more than welcome. Yes, yes, and well, uh, on a regular basis, you also do the webinars, the career triage webinars. So um, you are constantly helping our members get ready um, to be current leaders and future leaders. So, you know, kind of, how did you get involved in BDPA in the beginning, and, and what keeps you involved? Well, I became involved with BDPA, it must be over 13, 13 years ago, uh, maybe 15 years ago. I was in information technology working for a major healthcare provider in the Philadelphia area, and uh, one of my colleagues at the company where I work 
suggested that I look into BDPA, and I I went to a meeting. I enjoyed myself. I believe that I met uh, probably Curtis Jenkins, and he invited me to do a presentation. And so that was what I love to do. And so, therefore, you know, if, if there's somebody who wants to hear the information that I have to share, I'm ready to share it. And I started uh, working with him. Beverly Chandran at the time was the president, and um, we were getting ready to embark, I believe, on the uh, Philadelphia Conference. And so I just I just got hooked at that time. And it keeps, it keeps me involved because, again, I love to help people and I love to work with people who are looking to uh, be better at what they do. And if a person is willing to do what they need to do, I'm willing to help them. And so that's why I stay involved with BDPA. Well, you know, in even in your slogan, uh, JCC prepares people to perform. I mean, that is so consistent about what I know of you and what I have heard people share about you. Um, tell us a little bit more about the career triage webinars because I know they're well attended and yet I know there are some BDPA iRadio listeners that may not have um, had an opportunity to attend. Okay, the webinars are um, sponsored by National BDPA for for the membership. And so members are uh, welcome to come free of charge, a part of their benefits of being a member. And the session started uh, in February, and there are 10 sessions that we will have um, in from February to July, and then you have the National Conference in August, so there's no webinar and then September to January. And the Career Triage is a series that was put together to provoke uh, those who were attending to move forward in their career. If their career stalled or if they just need to enhance their career, if they're growing, uh, we have two different segments. The first segment before the conference is how to prepare for looking for a new job. And the second segment after the conference is focused on what to do within the context of the job you already have in order to be better prepared to perform in your role and to gain notoriety and also to look toward uh, being ready for promotions and ready for uh, intense involvement in, in your organization. So given those two different focal points, um, if someone is wasn't part of the first half, February through July, um, they can still join in September and kind of get in the, in the flow. They Absolutely. while they will have missed those, can they um, uh, hear rebroadcasts of the webinar? If they're we a current member, several, we, yeah, we do have several um, that we we've yet to actually make available on um, Cauliflower, but we do have several that have been recorded that can be made available via our via uh, VDPA National Home Office. So we do have okay. to arrange to have that put out. Okay. And how, just in terms of the tactical and practical, how long are the webinars? How do people access those? Okay, the webinars are actually an hour long. They are on the third third Thursday of every month, as I mentioned, from February to July and then from September to December. And they will go to bdpa.org uh, and search out on uh, for programs, click on programs, and you'll see webinars, and then you can go in there and register for the webinars. And then they would then they would receive the notifications of when webinars are coming up, and then be able to um, attend them. Okay, good. And is there pre-work for the webinar other than registering? There is no pre-work, although uh, depending upon what the webinar is, say for instance with resumes, um, you know I do suggest pull your resume out and get ready to write all over it as we are talking. 
Excellent, excellent. And um, for the webinar, do people have a chance to be interactive? So are they on the phone and asking questions um, or chatting? Um, or is it uh, they're, they're looking at a PowerPoint and hearing you um, and then, as you said, writing on their resume or taking their own notes? Well, what I've learned, this is actually the second year that we're doing career triage for BDPA, and what I've learned over over the last uh, 12 months or so is that it's better to take the questions intermittent of the material being presented. And so it is an interactive um, webinar. We do have a webinar. We do have the PowerPoint on the screen. But if you were if you did if you were not home and you're you're driving along, you can still listen. But the optimum is to look at the webinar online and listen to me. And if you have questions, I don't have the phones muted, so anybody can ask the question at any time during the during the session. Terrific, terrific. So that is an example of how you're contributing your expertise. Um, back to the membership and really providing one of those value adds that our leadership, our national president, um, always talks about. That that's one of the advantages mm -hmm. of membership. Now, another exactly. advantage of membership is that folks have the opportunity to register for the national conference. And this year, mm -hmm. you're one of the speakers. Um, share with us what your presentation is about this year and, and some highlights. I don't want you to give away the store. Um, and, okay. And let's entice some folks. Okay. So this year I'm actually doing several workshops during, during the national conference. The first workshop is a career triage resume, resume recovery workshop where individuals can bring their resumes and we can and basically workshop the resumes, talk about some of the things that they need to do to sharpen the resume because, again, remember they have the BDPA career fair that's going to be happening um, during the conference as well. So if their resume needs a little bit of triage, this is the time to get it done. And they can, you know, it, they have a um, business center, I'm sure, in the hotel where after they've made some adjustments, and I can even review the adjustments for them, and I'll print out that resume and have it ready for the career fair. Um, another value added is next week we do have career fairs, how to work a room successfully as our, as our workshop for career triage, so a webinar for career triage. So that will be very important because August is the time, and so you need to know how to work a room and get ready for August for that career fair. And so those are the two things that are going to be coming up. Also, I'm going to be doing a workshop um, that I'm really extremely excited about um, because it is one of the things that people are talking about so so much now um, about executive presence. So the workshop is Stand Up, Stand Out, the Science of the Executive Presence. And I'm really excited about that because, you know, People need to know what makes heads turn when they when a person walks into a room. What makes people want to listen to E.S. Hutt, you know? And so, mm -hmm. so we want to um, up our game to be ready, not only with the technology, which is important, but also how to be a person of influence, how to be a person that people want to hear, how to be a person that, that catches the eye and catches, catches the ear of people around them. Because the executive presence is all about standing out and having that it factor. You know, there are people that when they walk into a room, folks automatically turn. They kind of eyeball them to see where they are and what's going on with them. And so executive presence is something that is going to give people at BDPA at the conference the edge um, when it comes to, to their competition, their colleagues, their peers. Because right now, Competition is tight in the marketplace. And so what's going to give them an edge in the interview? What's going to give them an edge in the boardroom? What's going to give them an edge in that, that project management meeting? What's going to give them the edge is executive presence. So that's what we're bringing to the conference this year. Excellent. Now, is your workshop uh, attendance limited or participation limited because uh, of the, the information that you're sharing? 
because of the information that you're sharing? It's limited to... I'm not understanding your question. Is it limited to oh, is it, the number is of it people? limited in terms of number of people? Yes. I don't know how big of a room they're going to put me in. <laughs> so whatever size room <laughs> they put us in, that's the size we'll handle. Last year, uh, you know, we had space for probably about 40, 40 people, and we did um, we did a communications workshop. I think we probably had about 20, 25 people in the room. And so however many people the room can hold, and, they're, and, and if they're willing to, to come in, and be maybe inconvenienced by a little bit of elbow rubbing, but getting some great information will take as many people as, as can fit in the room. Excellent, excellent. So talk a little bit more about um, your experience with national conferences over the years. Why do you keep coming back um, as a presenter and, and as a BDPA member? Okay, well, I keep coming back to the conferences, again, because I love to help people. And, you know, and you want to know that the information that you're sharing is really being of benefit to the people that you're sharing it with, and ultimately that to the community um, at large. And when I mean community, you know, we, we, we are primarily a minority organization, and so therefore the community at large, that we can advance um, those professionals who are part of our community to get us to where we need to be on the cutting edge of what's happening in the marketplace. And I believe that the the information that I share uh, gives people that cutting edge, and, and the feedback that I get all of the time tells me that People are using the information that I'm giving them, whether it's a resume, whether it's how to interview, whether it's how to network, um, whether it's about their executive presence. You know, I do coaching for people and, and, and talk to them all of the time about, uh, you know, the, being the best they can be. And if, and if a person hires me to coach them and they become better for having been with me, I'm excited about that. And, and if the BDPA conference offers me a forum to do that and do that in a large number and also the webinars as well. So that's what keeps me coming back and that's what keeps me excited about what BDPA has to offer for their um, for their members and also for the people who are affiliated with them. Well, Janice, as you reflect back um, on some of your other roles that you've had, and one of the things I didn't really mention in your bio is that you've had many strategic roles in the corporate and nonprofit sectors over the years, um, and you've mm-hmm. led teams. Um, what are some, and our, our first guest talked about the power of teamwork with young children um, and how mm-hmm. parents be investing in their children and helping them develop those leadership skills and teamwork skills mm-hmm. are really valuable. Um, mm-hmm. What are maybe some pointers that you could leave our audience with in terms of um, teamwork and leadership, just, just takeaways that they might begin to think about before the next uh, career triage in July and, and August? Okay, um, one, one of the things I like to say is I love Ted's presentation and I love what he's doing with the young people. And I looked at the schedule to see if he was coming to Pennsylvania or New Jersey for my son, and um, he will. And he's not over in our area yet, but I know he's going to make it there. He's expanding um, in a massive way. So um, the teamwork that he talked about is so important, and I understand it for young people, and it's even more important with those of us who are maturing and are coming into the peaks of our career. So many times we find ourselves left out because somebody who should, should be a part of our team because they see how we can collaborate them have not become a part of our team because they may be threatened by our presence. And I think it's so important for us as, as individuals and as people who can really strengthen the game of the other person to see it as important that we become champions for one another and stop seeing each other as competition. 
Because when I champion your cause and you champion my cause, we both move together and we can move forward. But if I'm not championing you, championing your cause, even though I may not be doing anything to damage your cause, I'm not doing anything to move it forward. And and that takes away from the strength of who we are as a people and who we are as professionals. We could be so much further along if we would take all of the strength that we have with our gifts and our talents and our abilities to not only move ourselves forward but to also help other people in various ways when we can and if we can. And so teamwork, I know you've heard this and it may sound trite, but teamwork makes the dream work, you know, and we have to help each other to move up the ladder and to move the ladder to where it is we want to be. So people who who have skills, we need to help each other to develop those skills, strengthen those skills, sharpen those skills so that we can become viable and viable leaders in the marketplace and formidable opponents, um, you know, to move our our cause ahead. And if we want to see BDPA and other organizations like BDPA move and be um, uh, effective in our marketplace, we have to do it together and, and, and move together because we can get so much more done together than we can get done individually. And so, I say come to the conference, be a, be a part of the conference at, at whatever level you can be to contribute to the moving forward of the mission of BDPA and other organizations like it. Well, Janice, very, very exciting. I know that Pamela is in the background going, yes, yes, yes. Um, so a wonderful setup for Pamela coming up. And Jennifer, I really want to thank you for taking some time out of your evening. I know you have a full schedule, as you said. You have your private practice, you do coaching, you speak, um, you're running your corporation, uh, you have a family, and you will be a presenter um, of several workshops at the upcoming conference. So thanks again for sharing some of your time with us this evening. Thank you, Fran. I appreciate your, your time. So have a great one. And Pam? Thank I look you. forward to hearing you. Excellent. Right. Excellent. Well, coming up next is our one and only Pamela Sexton, Conference Director and VP of Strategy and Planning for National BDPA. Now, it's been very exciting. Pamela has been a guest on the first Tuesday of every month since March. So she has been encouraging folks to sign up for the conference, um, to make room in their schedule to be at the conference. And I want to welcome you again tonight. Uh, how are you, Pamela? I'm excellent. How are you? Just fine, thanks. So you had a wonderful setup. Uh, Ted talked about the conference. Janice talked about the conference. Conference, bring us up to speed. What is new and exciting with the conference? Well, what is new and exciting with the conference is um, – I know I told you before that we had Roland Martin as one of our keynote speakers. What we decided to do was to move him to the opening ceremony as a speaker to allow people that are traveling on Wednesday morning the opportunity to hear him on Wednesday night. So that's one of the things that we're very excited about for this year. In addition to, um, we're firming up our HBCU panel, which will take place on Tuesday evening. So we're encouraging everyone to be on site Tuesday by 6 p.m. to be engaged in dialogue with this HBCU panel. It includes um, speakers from Howard University, Bowie State, Fayetteville State, Sojourner Douglas College, and we're still confirming a few others. This will be hosted by our own Perry Carter, the D.C. chapter president. Oh, that's wonderful. And I know every year the HBCU panel has gotten rave reviews, so it definitely is an activity not to be missed. Um, there's always opportunity for scholarships for the students, um, and it really is a great uh, kind of 
pre-conference, beginning of conference um, panel. So that is wonderful to know that that is um, in place already. What should people do if they have not, for some odd reason, um, registered yet? Well, registration opportunities are available right now. They can go out to www.bdpa.org and register right away. Um, two other things that we're offering right now, um, in addition to the overall registration opportunity, is we are offering our Scrum Master certification until this Friday at a two-for-one discount. So we sent out messaging about that, and it's an excellent opportunity. Um, you can register for the conference, or you can attend just the certification class. And that information is also on the website. Wow, that is, and that represents a significant savings for individuals, well, the, the two people, as well as an, a wonderful opportunity to get education right there on the spot and certification um, with your peers. So that, that really is um, a very unique opportunity. What, what else is happening at the conference? Janice mentioned the fact that one of the workshops will help you prepare for the career fair. What's going on with the career fair and why is that a must-attend event as well? Well, the career fair will take place on Friday and Saturday. Our ribbon cutting will be on Friday at noon. And we have a special surprise that will be taking place. So all of you should be there to take part of that, something that we haven't done before. And I won't share what it is because I want you to be there to see it. Um, we have over, I'd say about 25, 30 companies that are already confirmed to be there. We also have some technology that we're planning to be on site. So it's a lot of things happening at the career fair, and the times on Friday are from 12 to 6 and Saturday from 10 to 3. We also have Miller Corps hosting a reception on Friday afternoon for all of our career fair attendees. And this is open to the public. You don't have to register for the conference to attend. So that's a real um, benefit. So if you're in the Washington, D.C. area, um, you have friends or relatives who are looking for jobs within the IT community, definitely stop out at the career fair um, because uh, we will have organizations that have jobs that need to be filled. Um, I remember at one point Monique was on the show, and I certainly have heard you mention several times that this year's conference is a balance. Um, it's a balance of technology. It's a balance of leadership. It's a balance of education. There's also fun. So, Pamela, tell us about some of the fun aspects um, and networking aspects of the conference. So, fun aspects during the day. We have networking breaks in the morning and in the afternoon. This is an election year, so we will have an opportunity to network and meet with the candidates. In the late evening, after the classes and receptions are done, on Tuesday night we have a movie screening. You'll have to come and see what it is. On Wednesday, we have cards and karaoke. On Thursday, we have spoken words. Friday, we have a concert by a special guest. And then Saturday night, we have, for the adults, a 70s party. And as always, for our students, their high school party to decompress after all their work all week. On Saturday morning, as usual, we have our annual golf outing, which has a deep discount right now for um, foursomes as well as individuals to register. And it will take, pre take place at Lake Presidential Golf Course. Hmm. So there is really something for everyone. Um, for folks that haven't attended a national conference before, what happens in opening ceremonies that is really kind of special, sort of gets everyone pumped up? Okay, opening ceremony is like a huge pep rally. So while we do have Roland Martin there talking to us about STEM and the importance of it 
in technology and at our conference specifically. We also have um, opening remarks from the chapter president. And then we have um, our dynamic Wayne Hicks to introduce our high school team. This is a very special thing because Wayne has so much history on every team and some of the students and where they are today from where they were then. You know, it's very exciting to get everything kicked off and let everyone know the enthusiasm, the excitement, and the importance of this national conference and our opening ceremony. So frequently asked questions. I'm sure that you get a number of questions on a regular basis. And I'd just like you to take a, a few moments to respond to questions that people often have um, so that they have the answer and there's nothing standing in their way of going and registering themselves and or a friend, getting that last letter off to their manager to get the conference funded. Um, so Pam, what are, what are some of the hot questions that come to you as the conference director? Um, some, of the some of the questions that I get on a regular basis is, what are we doing for those members that are unemployed? And how can they attend the conference and how can they gain all the benefits that are associated with it? So we will have a discounted rate for those members to attend the conference because, as we said before, this is an opportunity for all and we're about inspiring and presenting opportunities for everyone. So while you also can attend the career fair, we one should also improve your skill set. So we do have those member discounts. Um, other things that the conference offers are leadership skills, development skills. So oftentimes people don't necessarily do the jobs that they would love to do, and they don't necessarily get the experience from doing it anywhere else but during this conference. So you come there, you get some experience, some exposure to different items that you can take back and share with your management team about how well you've researched this item and you're ready to move into another position. So, you know, those opportunities are presented at this conference. There are a number of people that are there for networking opportunities as well. And that's a that's a really good point that the conference just being a BDPA member gives you an opportunity on a regular basis to develop your leadership skills, um, demonstrate your leadership skills, and work on the executive presence that Janice uh, talked about. And then it gives you an opportunity to network with other people and further your learning so that when you go back to the office or back to your business, um, you're recharged and you're, you're ready um, to really excel in a different way um, after the conference. What else should folks who have attended a number of conferences be reminded of that, you know, so that they recognize that this conference is a little bit different than maybe an experience that they've had in the past and, and one that they want to make sure that they don't miss? I think the one thing that people who have attended in the past want to look at is why did they attend, what did they expect to get from it, and did they achieve those goals? And if they did, how can they capitalize on that and take it a step further, as well as if they didn't, come up with their plan of execution to do that at this year's conference. A number of people have been there for years. We are still undergoing the transformation to make this conference bigger and better every year. So um, as I've said before, I welcome feedback. Um, I've given out my email address. I haven't given out my cell phone number yet, but I do give out my email address and I do respond to emails from inquiries as well as suggestions on what we can do better and what people are looking for and expect to have at this conference yearly. So one more time, where do people need to go in order to make those last or those final registrations? And where exactly is the conference going to be? Sort of what are the dates? Um, and are there any specials still available 
for registrants at this time? Um, they can go to www.bdpa.org. There's a lot of information out there on that site. It also redirects you to our registration site, which has even more information about the speakers, their bios, the agenda, what's happening every day. Um, also, the conference will be taking place from August 13th through the 17th, starting with our HBCU panel that evening and ending with our gala on August 17th, where we will be recognizing students, corporate partners, lifetime achievement winners, as well as our new Hall of Fame recipients. So those are the things that you need to do. For more information, if you do not find what you're looking for, as always, you can email me at conferencedirector, one word, at bdpa.org. I'm open to any questions, suggestions, or, you know, just I can't find it. I'm here to help. And we have a team of folks that are also there that will support you in that. Terrific. Now, um, Pamela, you mentioned to me while we were preparing for the show that this is an election year. Can you talk a little bit about that and what does that mean for members and, and what does that mean for individuals like yourself? Yes, I did tell you it was an election year. So um, this year we will be nominating, we will be voting on, we've already nominated our um, next leadership team. So that will take place on Friday. Upcoming to that, we will have a meet and greet with the candidates on Wednesday evening so that everyone has the opportunity to meet the, the people that are running as well as ask them any questions over the few days prior to the election taking place on Friday. Um, why it's special to me is I am running for national vice president and I am soliciting support, um, as always, questions about what my goals will be as a member of the national leadership team. So um, could you share with us um, what would be some of the responsibilities as national vice president and why is that an important role to be filled within the BDPA organization. I don't want to give you an unfair advantage. Um, and I, I think this is a, a wonderful opportunity um, for our listeners to, to understand the importance of the elections and to put them into context. Well, I'm definitely always open to wonderful opportunities. So for me personally, the National Vice President role is responsible and accountable for the day-to-day -day operations of National BDPA. So that includes the office, that includes marketing, it includes the conference, and a number of things down that path. Um, why I stress that I'm the right candidate is because I'm a name that you know from a variety of different roles that I hold and I have experience that you can trust from the things that I've done. So I have proven performance. And the areas of focus from my perspective as the National Vice President would be the member value proposition, uh, revitalizing our brand, and purposeful engagement and communication with our members, our local chapter leadership, and our corporate partners. Wow. Well, Pamela, I'm very, very excited. I really appreciate you on a regular basis um, being part of the show, sharing the excitement about the upcoming conference, and kudos again to your team, the behind-the-scenes effort, um, the presence on the website, the blog, the social media, um, just, just keeping people informed. Um, keeping the schedule very dynamic and responsive is is really very, very exciting. So um, I appreciate you being on tonight. I know that uh, the Tuesday before the conference starts, well, you'll be on one final time. And um, just what's a, what's a final thought before we close out the show this evening? Final thoughts are... As always, reach out to me if you don't see what you're looking for. I encourage you to meet me at this conference. 
it's something for everyone, and it's just a great event overall. Well, thank you, Pamela, and thank you to all of our guests. We had a very exciting show. Um, one of our BEPA iRadio sponsors was a guest on the show kicking us off this, uh, this evening, Ted Jordan, STEM Program Manager of Fun Mutation. Our second guest, our very own Janice Coleman, President of Janice Coleman Corporation, uh, the individual that provides BEPA members I don't know if everyone heard that, but BDPA members get to take advantage of the career triage workshops for free uh, 10 times throughout the year as part of the webinar series, and Janice will be one of a number of workshop presenters. And our final guest was our very own Pamela Sexton, Conference Director, VP of Strategy and Planning for National BDPA and also a member of the leadership team that is helping to make sure that our conference is exceptional. So I'm Fran McNeil. Thank you so much for listening to BDPAI Radio. Make sure that you join us the second Thursday of this month, which will be July 23rd. So have a great evening. And Everaldo is going to help us find out for the evening. What do Steve Jobs, Bill Gates, and Mark Zuckerberg have in common? They all learned computer coding before high school. Fun Mutation has taught more than 1,000 kids to code through their summer tech camps. Fun Mutation uses their trademark team's approach so that kids can experience technology, engineering, arts, math, and sciences in a fun and non-threatening way. Tech camps run only during the summer, so register now at www.funmutation.com or call 216-378-9035. Sorry, to keep the camps fun, no adults allowed. Funmutation Academy, LLC, making the world computer smarter. BDPA iRadio, linking business, education, and technology. The BDPA iRadio show creates a vibrant communications platform that speaks to all BDPA stakeholders. Hosted by Fran McNeil, sponsored by the BDPA Education and Technology Foundation, and the Executive Director, Wayne Hicks. Produced by Everaldo Gallimore. Technical advice by John Melanson. BDPA iRadio broadcast the second and fourth Tuesday of every month. Join us on blogtalkradio.com backslash BDPA.